Welcome back to episode 15 of the Epic Slorm podcast. I'm your host as always. I am Perry the Pig. With me is my co-host here. Dread from Epic Builds. And we got a spicy one for you guys today, folks. So we, uh, we've got some footage here on the screen. We've got the Slormancer logo right smack in the middle. We've got some Slormancer gameplay in case you've never seen it before. It's, uh, it's, it's a good time to be playing Slormancer. And Dread and I have been playing this 2D action RPG grind fest game, kind of like Chronicon. We've been playing it ever since the end game update that was earlier this week. So we figured if we've been spending so much time playing this game, telling people that it's worth picking up, telling people how much fun it is, making YouTube videos for it as well, we figured that today would be a good time to use this podcast to compare the two games, talk about what's going on in Slormancer. Somehow this game is not as popular as it should be. It's wicked also, fun. Also, as well, there's been no last Epoch nudes. nudes. It is. <laughs> no last Epoch nudes. Thank goodness. Oh, God. So what have we, I done? <laughs> we, don't, we don't have too much to talk about in the world of last Epoch. And last Epoch, last Epoch's going to be here uh, next week as well. <laughs> so we'll, we'll always have plenty of things to talk about. But I think for right now, let's talk about my just like oh man i don't okay so i don't like early access games which is weird because i play a lot of last Epoch. and i don't really like 2d games and i don't really like pixel art and if i'm going to be playing an action rpg i'm probably going to be playing like path of exile or last Epoch. so all of those things are going against slormancer and yet this game's fun as hell it is so much fun to play yeah. <laughs> so, so let's let, yeah, let me, let's start let me explain what the game is about so people... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead and tell me about the game. So, Slormancer is a 2D RPG single-player title that is... Uh, the development team is based in France, a French game, and you can tell by a lot of the, the jokes that are around the culture. And it is kind of a... kind of an RPG that doesn't really take itself seriously, per se, it's like the story, the skill choices, just everything. It's the, the all names kind of all of, the crafting materials. It's all a big joke, and I, I love that. I think it adds a very special charm to the game. Now, some people, they may not like the 2D graphics, and some people, they may not like the fact it's going to be a primarily single-player game for most of its life, probably, unless if it blows up for some reason. Uh, but overall, the idea is you are either a mage, a hunter, or a warrior, and they might add more classes to TLDR later, but you're fighting, like, a Slormancer. So essentially, they're just, like, necromancers in this world, and they use Slorm to, like, you know, summon stuff from the grave and stuff like that. And you take this Slorm, and you end up using it to, you know, level up and stuff like that. And Slorm is like the main currency in this world, it seems. And the biggest, biggest difference between Slormancer and other RPGs of the genre is how they handle gearing. So obviously, like every other RPG, you have like your, your helmet slot, your belt slot, all that. But then you have the Slorm Reaper. So a Slorm Reaper is essentially, it's kind of like a mini, like class slash ascendancy in itself it's it's, it's your weapon it's literally the weapon that yeah. you're carrying it's your weapon but it's a lot more than that because you can 
there are a lot of them. Right now, there's 120 of them, 40 for each class, and they're, you know, obviously the same for each class. And each one has a very specific, unique modifier. So the one that I'm currently using in the gameplay right now, it's called the Primordial Staff of Ferocious Affinity. And it, of course, gives me a bunch of mana. It gives me raw damage based on my mana, which is like physical damage. And then it also gives me elemental damage as well based on my uh, mana as well. Now, the way that these work is they level up as you kill things and they unlock more powerful forms. So it's kind of like Pokemon in that way where you're trying to collect all the Swarm Reapers, right? And it's a very big part of the game because the Swarm Reapers are insanely powerful and you can legitimately just build around them or not because of course you got to remember this is an ARPG after all. You have characters, you have classes, you have skills, you even have... Uh, akin to like a Path of Exile kind of skill tree with the Ancestral Legacy tree, which is its own thing. If you like casts on crit, you're going to love Solarmancer because it's absolutely everywhere in the Ancestral Legacy tree. So overall, Solarmancer is a really neat uh, pixel art like ARPG. It's, it's, it's very unique in its flavor. It's it's good for like a short 10-hour playthrough. It's good for investing a whole bunch of time. It's good. My my one-sentence pitch for people who haven't played this game in the past or maybe they're just hearing about it now is if when you're playing a game, like maybe like you're, you're playing like Diablo, Path of Exile, Last Epoch, if you're the kind of person who looks at a node or looks at an item or looks at one line of text somewhere and you think to yourself, man, I wonder if I can make an entire build around that. If you find yourself saying that, Slormancer is going to scratch so many itches for you because you can. There is support for everything. There is a good gearing process and like crafting process to help you get those weird, uh, you know, lines of text and affixes that you need. And yeah, that means sometimes you're going to find something that's totally busted, but it's a single player game. So who cares? It is so much fun to dive into. Like you said with those Slorm Reapers, when you find a Slorm Reaper, like you don't find one every five minutes. You find one like, I don't know, maybe like once every half an hour or so if you're intentionally looking for them. But when you find one, it's not an upgrade. You're finding like a new build and you got to figure yeah. it out because you don't know the answer yet. So you're finding like reasons to play the game and it feels really good to find one of those Slorm Reapers that you've been looking for. Yeah, one of the most favorite things I uh, I enjoy doing. I've played a bunch of fresh starts of Solarmancer of late because I've been you know testing the game because I've been enjoying it and all that. And one of my favorite things that'll happen is I'm leveling a character right through the campaign, and I end up dropping a Swarm Reaper that makes me instantly switch my build because it's like oh I'm gonna build around this instead, and that happens all the time. You're gonna have so much like anxiety over like what you want to play because there's just so much to do there's so much to do in that that, that, that reminds me of the anxiety of like league starting in path of exile you're mm-hmm. like oh no what if the build that i planned was bad like oh no what am i well, gonna it's do? not even that it's, 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 even it's the, the good anxiety just, i love it it's just like oh my god i have so many ideas and options and i just dropped this insane slower reaper i could build around it right now it's like insane and i I really enjoy that. And I think it being a single-player game is one of its biggest strengths because it can kind of ignore balance slightly 
unlike all the other multiplayer RPGs like PoE and, you know, Last Epoch and all that, they can kind of focus more on the fun aspect. And you can tell when you, like, find a new random thing. Like, for instance, uh, the footage that I'm showing right now uh, on the screen, uh, thanks to Perry for figuring that out, uh, TLDR, I'm playing Righteous Fire in Slormancer. Uh, it's literally one node on the entire Ancestral Legacy tree. It's not my weapon. It's not my character skills. It's literally just a node, like an aura, that I can enable in the Ancestral Legacy tree, and it's doing all of my damage. I'm completely ignoring my skills. I'm completely ignoring my weapon, well, other than, you know, of course, everything is being focused into this aura, and it's working. It's great, and I'm pretty sure it'll work into Endgame, too. And that's the beauty of it, is, like, I've been able to do that because the game kind of doesn't have any barriers that you normally would, you know, caps, you know, limitations that you normally would in other ARPGs. Like, did you know that, so for gearing in Stormmancer, we'll talk about this more later, but TLDR, you can scale gear infinitely. If you have the money, the time, and the RNG, you can scale gear forever. And it is nuts, especially some of the stuff I've seen people do. Now uh, let's uh, let's figure out where's this topic list here. We can start. Well, with that. for the, for the topic list, you're already talking about the first thing, which is build that we're currently playing. Yeah. So you really got it in your head that you want to play some kind of RF. I'm like, I get it. Mm -hmm. I played a lot of RF in Path of Exile. It's a feel good skill. I like it. So what I'm yeah. doing is, uh, listen, I don't really like Whirlwind and and uh, Warpath and cyclone i don't really <laughs> like those skills i feel like i feel like they're kind of boring and every yeah. single game has them so i'm playing it and it feels really good man it feels great well i, th uh, I think soul rancher does a very special way of making it different well i'm, I'm going to talk about what i like so much about it somebody asked me um what like what base class am i playing the most like am i playing the huntress with the bow am i playing the knight like the melee and throwing stuff Am I playing the mage with all like the big flashy spells? And I said, oh, I'm playing the grappling hook class. That's that's <laughs> what I'm really playing. I'm playing. I'm not playing cyclone. I'm not playing warpath. I'm playing grappling hook. There's a skill called grappling hook. And instead of tossing it out in one direction, you toss it out in every direction. And instead of pulling yourself to the enemy, you pull all the enemies to you. It's a big old screen wide vacuum cleaner. It's it. It lags just a tiny little bit. When you pull 400 enemies all on top of your own character and you start blending up with Warpath, whoo, it feels so good. It's like, oh, yeah. it's it's the kind of thing, it's like, oh, like this action RPG doesn't do melee well. That game doesn't do melee well. This game punishes melee unfairly. The games that feel good with melee give you stuff like this. They give you like a screen wide vacuum and they give you, like, I remember playing Ghost Lore. It was like that, like yeah. Filipino, Southeast Asian based action RPG. and there was a skill there that like when you when you use the basic attack, your character kind of hot forward. So if you scale yeah. the attack speed, you can move faster than you could with movement it's like speed. It's like strike on screen. Yeah, yeah. And that felt so good to use because you could close the gap constantly while holding down your right click. I think there's things a like that. Example. Just like, oh, man, it makes melee feel so good. There's a perfect example to like compare this to like last Epoch and that's skills that have inbuilt pull like Rive. Or like how Warpath used to have, or like, you know, of course, Warcry, where they pull the enemies towards you. I think that's definitely something that a lot of ARPGs should look into to make, you know, of course, uh, melee feel great. Because it seems to work, you, like a skill with pull on it, like you pull something in, 
right? And you get to whack it, it feels so much better than having to walk over to that enemy and whack it, right? Mm-hmm. You can either have built-in movement speed or like built-in movement of the skill, or you can have built-in movement of the enemies toward you in the skill. It's like, you know, opposite side of the same coin. I like it so much. Yeah. So the, the cyclone, I don't even know, is it called cyclone or whirlwind? It's called whirlwind. It's called whirlwind. Like these all stupid skills are the same. <laughs> so I'm playing, I'm playing a whirlwind build based around the haphazard knight. And he has like a bunch of random procs. And then he's built around like luck and RNG. So you're you're spiking all the luck, you're spiking all the RNG, and you just get like all this nonsense happening at the same time. And I, you know, I found a, I found a weapon that I wanted to use. I found a Slorm Reaper that kind of synergizes with what I want to do. I found something that shoots off some fireworks, part of the new end game system with the runes. We'll talk about that later on. Mm -hmm. And I found something that I wanted, like every, every piece of my builds, like kind of, kind of, um, it's, it's, it's been coming together really nicely. Like, I didn't have a perfect idea of what I wanted to do. I was basically saying, like, okay, I'm probably going to play Whirlwind. I'm probably going to use Grappling Hook. Let's see where this goes. And as I've been unlocking things, as I've been, you know, learning about these skills, because I've never played Whirlwind before in this game, it's been a great process of figuring out what direction I want to take this and then honing my gear in toward that end. Yeah, a good last epoch. Uh, like, we're, I'm going to keep bringing up last epoch because technically this is a last epoch podcast. And uh, so... One of the comparisons I like to make is like in Slormancer, when I start the game, right, I feel like as though I could choose anything and just play that, right? I can make anything work if I just try hard enough. And in Last Epoch, that is definitely not the case. Because like, imagine you're a new player, right, Perry, and you find Tempest Strike. You're like, oh. I want to play around that. I want to have fun with that. And then you can name any other skill instead. I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, but you get what I mean, though. <laughs> Obviously, that's a very small problem in Last Epoch, but it's definitely something I've noticed in general. Well, no, it's it's a great one because we've talked about like the more multipliers for skills in Last Epoch yeah. are on the skills themselves, and you can't really get more multipliers outside of those skills. So if you want to play Cinder Strike, right? Mm-hmm. Cinder Strike has. It's awesome. I love Cinder Strike. It's got everything built into it. And it's one of the best utility skills ever. It's great. Except for more multipliers. It basically has zero more multipliers. So if you Unless try to if play you're playing Ignite, then you have like the Ignite thing, the Ignite effect. If you're trying to play hit-based Cinder Strike into Empowered Monoliths, the skill itself doesn't have more multipliers on it. So it's gonna feel great while leveling. It's gonna feel really fun. And eventually you're gonna think to yourself, man, I there's nothing that I can do in order to make this continued dealing damage up until 150 corruption, 200 corruption, anywhere past 100, really. Trust us, when we say this, some of the brightest minds in the last Epoch community have put their heads together to try to make Cinder Strike a playable skill. Well, Cinder Strike is an like, awesome utility skill. Outside it's so of good. using, you know, decoy and stuff. <laughs> so it's let's, not been a good thing. Let's, let's talk about leveling... And let's let's also talk about like alt, like your like your second and third character mm-hmm. that you haven't unlocked yet in yeah. Stormancer. What do you want to say about that? So I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. Leveling is one of the not strong suits of Stormancer. It is a very slow start because one of the biggest problems early on in Stormancer, at least back when I was playing a year ago, and now is 
when you start, you have no life sustained whatsoever, right? So you walk into like a mission, right, in the campaign, and you take a hit, that's permanent because you have no sustain up until you get something with life regen on it or, you know, life gain on hit. And that slows down the early game progression significantly because now you're playing, haha, don't get hit, haha, don't get hit or you die, you know. And there are some really dangerous mobs in the campaign. Like, you know, the archer dude that like locks in on you? There are some really dangerous enemies in the campaign, and the campaign is rough. Like it is actually rough. It is like probably the most difficult, uh, probably the most difficult campaign I've played. In is it just is in it RPG rough? In general, engaging or is it rough? Annoying. I'm not going to play this game anymore. A grind. A grind. That's what it feels like. It, it feels like a grind. Like for instance, if we didn't have access to that tempo bottomist thing. Oh my god, the leveling from 20 to 60 would feel terrible because you're forced to do wrath farming and stuff like that. So I think leveling is by far one of the weakest parts of Master currently. And that's probably what contributed the game to not being as popular, right? So there, and, there's a couple things to talk about in the world of like leveling in Last Deep, or sorry, leveling in Slormancer. And there's some overlap in Last Epoch as well, right? So we can talk about alt characters, we can talk about trying new skills. And we can talk about mm -hmm. um, like leveling up not in the axe, like some kind of like alternate leveling stuff, right? So, man, I, <laughs> I feel like I'm only allowed to spend like 30 seconds on each of these because there's so much to say. So yeah. leveling up secondary skills. I'm going to start with that because it's on my mind right now. I, I can think, explain how it works if you want. Yeah, I, I think that leveling up secondary skills and trying out a new skill, I think that is the single worst part of Slormancer. And I think Laz yeah. does a really good job of it. So how about you tell me about that? So the way Slormancer works is if you've ever played Oblivion or Skyrim or any of you know Elder Scroll games, your skills they gain levels, but they gain experience as you use the skill in combat. Right? You can't spam the skill outside of combat. You have to be in combat. You have to be fighting something and you have to be using the skill. It is solely based at least it used to be solely based on using your skill doesn't matter if your skill deleted the whole screen or if your skill took 50 attacks to kill something it was the same amount of xp every single time and i like that it's more realistic in terms of like you're using a skill you're getting better at it you're unlocking ranks and all that but at the same time uh when you're like oh i want to try chrono puncture for instance and oh my god, one of the worst experiences I've ever had in, in Slormancer was about a year ago, or a year and a half ago, when I was playing Chrono Puncture Mage, and I wanted to swap to Chrono Puncture, but it was at level zero, and I had to use Chrono Puncture to play the skill, because you gotta use your skill to get levels and ranks so that you can use the nodes inside your tree, kind of like Last Epoch, where you have points to spend, right? And... TLDR, I spent, I think, two hours in that, you know that one zone where it starts, like, spawning enemies in, a, in an area? Yeah, right? yeah. I spent two hours attacking the air with protopuncture <laughs> while watching, so, like, ugh, I, I can't I, remember I, what I, I was I, watching. Maybe I shouldn't bring this up. So, there are workarounds in Last Epoch, and there's also workarounds yeah. in, uh, in Slormance, right? In they Last Epoch, that, they did fix that though. We can explain that after. In, this. in Last Epoch, what you can do is, uh, if you want to try out a secondary skill while you're leveling, don't de-level your primary skill. Just level up your new skill in one of your second or third slots. Get some levels on it and then try it out. Or if you, you want to now do, it, do that in Slow yeah, Answer. and then you if you want to do that in before. um, in like monoliths, 
you know, you you get some books of experience sitting there in front of you, despec your skill, spec a new skill, and then walk over the tomes of experience in front of you. And that's a great workaround that exists in Last Epoch. I the thing that I'm about to say for Slormancer, man, I I hope you've thought of it. You can craft plus levels. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So now you can mm -hmm. do this. Now you can craft plus well, levels to your that skills. That existed back then as well. I just didn't know. But the biggest change that they made was they made it that if you're not using a skill, right, and you're just killing stuff and using other skills and all that, your other skills gain passive XP. Yeah. It's a smaller amount, significantly less, but it's definitely good because before you'd have, you know, like Mage that had an ability, like the Arcane Barrier, that you'd barely ever use in most situations unless you were building around it. But the problem is, is if you don't use Arcane Barrier, you don't level up your mastery class. So mm. you're like, okay, I'm just spamming W for like two hours. I'm and just going to stand that, here and click some buttons. That has completely been fixed by the passive XP thing. They've done, like, it's like, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to bring this up real quick. Just, uh, I'm going to get on my soapbox. I made a video two years ago talking about Slormancer, and I talked about all the negative things that I did not enjoy about Slormancer. Every single one. Apparently, one of the devs, they watch me because they watch Last Epoch stuff, because they play Last Epoch too. They watched that video, and every single thing that I complained about was fixed in a year. The next video I made, the next build, like time I played, when there was another update, the, the library update, like the one with the, you know, the Orin twins and all that, every single complaint I had was fixed. Every single one. And I, I'm pretty sure there's only two my devs, mind. right? There's three. Oh, sorry. There's three devs for this game. Got it. Got it. Got it. It blew my mind. I was just like, oh my God. Like they legit, like, I don't know if I was special or they just happened to fix all that before when I got back. Cause years a long time, right? In development land, but it just blew my mind, but continue on. We're <laughs> all right. So we're, we're going to touch on, I think only one more thing for leveling. And then we're going to keep going through this list of topics today. So the other thing for leveling is alternate leveling, not in the campaign. Mm -hmm. I like the campaign in Last Epoch, but boy, do people complain about it all the time. So there is uh, uh, alternate leveling built into um, built into Slormancer, and there, there's kind of two parts of it. One is one of the end game systems, and that's the battlefield. So can you tell us a little bit about the battlefield? So the battlefield is TLDR. It's uh, Slormancer's version of end game maps. You go in. You clear breaches, which is things you sit on and pop out monsters, and you get rewards per breach you've killed if you finish the, the echo. And with Sormancer, it is it is hardcore in the way where it gives out rewards. Like if you die, you lose your rewards, man. Like you're you're done. It's over. You gotta not die, right? So you have to actually think about your defenses. And with this like endgame system, you just go and clear breaches. It's very simple, and I'm okay with that. You just kill stuff open breaches, that's it. That's all you do, right? And you you have a variable slider. You have wraths, negative one, if you're- Which is the team. alternate leveling for super yeah. easy. Or 10, or wrath 10. And the way these work is they get exponentially harder. So for instance, the first one is 0% modifier. The next one is 100% modifier. The next one's 200. The next one, 400, 800, 1600. And it gets all the way up to wrath 10. And it's exponential, like, exponential difficulty that you get to choose. You get to choose when you feel like it. Now, there are a lot of pros and cons with this system, but overall, I think it works really well. Slormancer, because like Perry said, 
it lets you level characters in the campaigns. Like, for instance, if you create a new character, you don't need to go through the campaign. You just need to level your character, get your ancestral legacy stones, so and you're good to go. Let's pause this for a second. You have mm-hmm. your primary character. Every mm-hmm. save file has access to all three characters, right? So if mm-hmm. my very first character is the knight, and I've gone through the entire campaign on the knight, if I use that save file and I go rescue the huntress, and now I have a level one huntress, that huntress also has access to everything else that I've already done. All my stash, all my ancestral legacy, all of my like campaign save points and everything. So what you do for leveling an alternate character is you do some battlefield for a while, some negative one difficulty, pretty easy. And then the second thing I want to call out is the Tempopotamus, which it's like, it, I, I don't know how to describe this to you, it, Chad. It's, it's Dried Lake. It's Dried Lake or like BA. It's, it's like Dried Lake or BA. It's, it's like Dried Lake or Blood Aqueduct on like drugs. It's, yeah, it it's like, not. holy, yeah, my God, it's someone, there's 456 monsters or something yeah. like that. And I hope that they keep that because <laughs> I, I enjoy it. Maybe and it's nerf so, it. It's a great it. place to farm gold or goldus. It's a great place to farm slorm. And like, you can farm gold and slorm, like, like the normal green slorm, extraordinarily yeah. well there. And you might think like, oh, doesn't that push out the other stuff in the game? No, not really. It's really good at getting experience when you're a new character. It's really good for getting the gold, for getting the slorm. But it's not good for getting pure slorm, for getting elder slorm, for getting new slorm reapers, which is kind of like that new build. It's that weapon that's kind of build defining. It's, it's not good for any of those things. So even though it's like OP when you're level 25 and you get, you know, yeah. this much experience immediately. It's balanced. It is yeah, very it, balanced. It's weirdly balanced, even though it kind of feels like your computer is going to explode because you're killing 460 monsters in one click. God, it's fun to play. It's so much dopamine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Leveling TLDR. It, the first time round sucks absolute balls, but afterwards it's great. <laughs> all right well agree to disagree there but yeah yeah I, I i hear where you're coming from the next conversation piece that we have here let's talk about skills and classes i want to know what's on your mind I, I i i think i know what's on your mind but you, you tell me first uh the way that they do the classes in this game is very interesting so when you reach level 10 on your base class, your huntress, your mage, or your warrior, you get to choose a support skill. Now, the support skill is actually a skill that you use in-game, as you can tell. Like, for instance, in the little gameplay clip, it's that beam of light that I put down and walk through. And each class has that. Now, as you gain experience on that skill, that's your mastery, like your ascendancy, quote-unquote. And... You can literally swap your ascendancy literally just by swapping your support skill. Now, obviously, you got to level it up, like we said, but it's a lot easier to do that now. And you can also, like Perry said as well, you can get plus two levels on gear to alleviate that as well. I don't, I don't know is, why you would, but you could, you could, you could swap mid gameplay. Yeah. Yeah, it's so easy. Yeah, and it, it's, re- it's really good. And each class feels unique. They do things that the other classes can't do they have their own archetypes and it feels all very class fantasy good like it's all good in that regard and but the skills so 
Right now in Slormancer, you can have one skill on your primary, one skill on your offhand or on your other click, and then you have your support skill. That's it. That's all you get, other than ancestral legacies and like active abilities and stuff on your gear. But mainly, you get your primary, your secondary, and your support skill. And that may sound terrible. You must be wondering, well, Dread, in Last Epoch, I get like five skills. And now the Exile, I get a billion as long as I can click the buttons. And no, actually, with the way that Sormancer does its skills, it actually is very unique. Because, like, in a lot of ARPGs, right, like in Last Epoch or Path of Exile, for instance, if we're going to bring those up, right, you end up only using one skill for everything. Like, for clear, for single target, most of the time, except for Last Epoch, it's a little different, right? And you never really need more than that in terms of damage and all that. You just use the rest of your stuff as secondary, kind of like support skills. Utility, movement. Yeah. And Slormancer just does away with all that. Now you just have two primary skills, and the, this allows you to kind of, like, make a combo of skills that, you know, like, for instance, right now, my Ray of Obliteration, it's, it's like Scorching Ray, obviously, and uh, I make it so that it summons a clone that, you know, constantly using Scorching Ray for me. Now, that Scorching Ray does no damage because I haven't invested to it at all. It literally does no damage. Now, what it does, though, is it gives me a gigantic boost into elemental res and of course uh, armor percentage while it's channeling which is insane because since i'm using burning rage to deal all my damage the rf thing i can use my skill as a utility skill and that that works in Slormancer as well like it works in last epoch you can make skills into utility skills or damaging skills whatever you want to do but you only have two choices but each skill has in like in my opinion a lot more options because of the way the skill bar works so if you don't know, the way the skill bar works is you have ranks of the skill. So you have like one through five or one through seven and all that. And each bar has like a bunch of like squares to choose from. And each of and those you, squares is a different like node. And, and you're only you can, picking one of those. Yeah, you can only pick one per rank. So the game is balanced around the fact that you can't use all of these at once and allows the skill notes to be insane. Absolutely insane. Right? Like, just, just nut tier. Like, ridiculous, right? Like, for instance, I'm going to read Arcane Missile real quick. The first two masteries, you have two masteries, uh, two, uh, two, sorry, yeah, masteries, that's what they're called. The first one is Arcane Missile has no cost if it had, if you're less than 20% mana. It's like free, right? Same, right? Now, the other one is uh, Arcane Mastery has negative 35% cooldown time, which is attack speed in this world, right? Uh, it, it, we can get into that later. But TLDR, it makes you attack faster. So you either attack faster or you cost no mana when you're at low mana. You, you can't have both. You have to choose one, right? And that solves a lot of balance issues. A lot of them. Because now you can just, like, like, well, these two things would be really OP together, right? Instead of having to do, like, a zero out of nine, like in Last Epoch, you know, like in Volcanic Orb, or, you know, in Path of Exile, they just delete the skill from existence. They just put it on that same rank, bam, balanced. There, you can only choose one per thing. What, what, you're, what you're talking about here, I want to cut you off. It, it sounds mm -hmm. a lot like the, um, the phrase illusion of choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, like... You, you have five skills you get to use in Last Epoch, but are you really using Multi-Strike and Vengeance and Warpath and Erasing Strike and Void Cleave? 
Are you really using five main DPS skills? Or do you have one DPS skill and then utility, utility, utility movement for the rest of your stuff? That's like Volatile Reversal, you know, uh, Holy Aura, Anomaly, Sigils, all those kinds of things. You know, Shift plus Shurikens, Warcry plus Maelstrom, using your Frenzy Totem. Like these things all fall in the, in the category of, yeah, you have five skills, but it's you're really just maximizing around one skill. So here in the world of Stormancer, you have got two skills and you've got lots of choices that you can make about them, but they're only two skills. And that's what you're trying to min-max around. Yeah, and it leads to the gameplay being a lot less choices overall, but each individual choice is significantly more impactful, right? Yeah, for sure. So uh, let's let's keep moving. I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit worried that we're not going to make it through everything, but let's see if we can, right? Yeah. The next thing is something that we've already kind of touched on. Let's talk about Slorm Reapers. There, there's one thing that I definitely want to bring up, but I want to hear what's on your mind first. What's on your mind so, about Slorm Reapers? TLDR, Slorm Reaper, <clears throat> in my opinion, is the best thing about this game. It Since the game is a single-player game, and it's not like multiplayer or anything like that, the collection aspect of being able to collect the Reapers and own them all and stuff like that and find them and then level them up and then get their primordial versions as well, which we'll get into later. TLDR, it adds a lot of, like, breath of fresh air to the game that a lot of other ARPGs I play don't really have because, like, like in, La like in Last Epoch, I can do anything I want if I just, like, spend five seconds, but, like, with this, I have to actually put the work into it. If I want a Primordial Staff of Ferocious Affinity, I have to find it. I have to level it up. Then it levels. Then I have to level it up again. And some of these Reapers, they have to be leveled up, I think, like five times before you're done with it. And it has that, you know, kind of mystique of like, you know, gotta, gotta catch them all. And that, I, I know it's weird to say in the ARPG, but... There's not really that many games in the market that like kind of fix that niche for you for like your collection kind of thing. It, it feels like an SSF unique challenge in uh in like Path of Exile. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah. what is it called? Uh, the Holy Grail. It's like the Holy Grail for every character. It's great. And like you you want to you want to you want to catch them all. You want to evolve them all, and then you want to. I don't I don't know enough Pokemon lingo. What what's a Pokemon lingo for uh? For the primordial stuff. Evolve them, I guess. Evolve, like, like dark that. evolve. I don't know. And so yeah. like, this is what I want to bring up. There is a primordial system. And it's it's like a final. It's like a hidden upgrade. For any of the weapon that you're using. For any of the Slorm Reaper that you're using. And I really like one of the. Um, one of the changes that they introduced to it. So like Dread said. You have like your base weapon, you level it up, level it up, level up. You get to like tier three or something. And then when you kill somewhere around 40,000 monsters, there will be a primordial like animation that plays and it'll explain to you what's going on. It tells you like, here's what it is. And a primordial, it, <clears throat> the change is it's no longer just an upside. It's no longer strictly better. It's got a sweet new upside that has like some interesting build around aspects to it. But it also comes with a downside. Like you get this thing, but you can't, you know, imbue your skills yeah. with lightning anymore. It's, and that, it's a very I think, significant I think that's really downside. Cool. Like for instance, the one I'm using, the the ferocious affinity staff, 
I get a bunch of damage based on my max mana, like my max mana value, not like my current mana value, but every single time I use a skill, every single time, any skill, I lose 5% of my current mana. And that can be insane to deal with later on if you're not properly building around it. Now, now the beautiful thing is you can kind of take that maledictiction sometimes and turn it into a positive. So right now I'm playing a build that sucks up all my mana with my uh, primordial, you know, ferocious affinity, right? Because I get more damage based on how much missing mana I have. So the fact that my primordial malediction on my, you know, freaking ferocious affinity staff is draining my mana is a plus and not a minus. And it's nuts that you can do that with some, some setups, right? Like sometimes you can do that. And that's just mind blowing that you're, I was able to turn a downside into just like, wait, this makes it viable. Extra spice. Like that's, that's yeah. the really exciting part, right? So do, does this fit in last epoch? Is, is this something that's like remotely interesting to try to talk about in the world of last epoch? What if your weapons upgraded? What if they got more base damage? What if you could plus levels on your item so that like the, the flat melee damage went like one, two, three percent higher? I think I think the legendary system is a very good replacement for it. Like I like the legendary system. There there isn't that that progression neat like niche that a lot of other ARPGs have. Like, you know, when you get to level one hundred and you know, last epoch, your, your skills to level twenty plus you know extra, you know level plus the skills on your gear. You kind of just don't have anywhere to go other than min maxing with gear, right? And there's no, there's no, I guess paragon system, but isn't that system like it, I don't, I don't like that system. I, I don't but, think I, I've never heard anyone say that they liked the paragon system. This is like the paragon system, but instead of going on forever, there is a cap, right? Yeah, Obviously. yeah. So. The reason that I mentioned Last Epoch here is, <laughs> this is a Last Epoch podcast, but more importantly, <laughs> the crafting stuff. So one of the common complaints, if you've been around the Last Epoch community for a while, is eh, my, my gear doesn't matter. I can clear the game naked. And like, yeah, there's some, there some builds that can do that. So when you say gear doesn't matter, what that really means in the world of Last Epoch is the amount of damage and survivability, like your build is lopsided in Last Epoch. Too much mm -hmm. of your gameplay, or sorry, too, too much of your power of your character comes from your mastery and from the skills, skills. themselves, because mm -hmm. that's where the more damage multipliers are. Your gear is, if, if you only had life and res on all your gear, your, your gear is kind of okay, which probably is not what Last Epoch wants to do long term, but that's pretty close to the case right now. So what about crafting in Slormancer? What about where your damage comes from? How how easy is it to get like meme builds like what you got going on in the screen with this RF thing? So with Slormancer, it's really hard to explain everything about crafting. Let's just say crafting is very, very complicated. Like you could I could talk about crafting forever, but I won't. But TLDR, every single thing about your item is subject to change. You want to change the base because you don't like the base anymore that you're using, like the implicits? You can change that. Oh, you don't like the magic stat on your gear? You can change that. You don't like the rare stat on your gear? You can change it. Everything can be changed. And the only limitation in Slormancer, in terms of gearing, like in terms of crafting, is, of course, the, the crafting materials. And 
oodles and boodles and oogles amounts of money. Just money. Like like crafting materials and money. That is it's your just only capitalism money. incarnate. Like if it's you have grinding. infinite money, you can do whatever you want. If you grind for long enough, you can get exactly what you want with the exact rolls, exactly what you want. And the thing is with Stormancer, there are more damage modifiers. They exist, but they're very rare. And when they do exist, they're very impactful when they come around and they're not to be just thrown around, right? You won't find like Earthquake with like 50,000 more damage modifiers in it. You do not get more damage modifiers. You have increased damage. You have crit. You have ancestral crit, which we'll get in later, and then like just and that's it. That's all you have. Other than the more damage multipliers, like I said, are very rare. And this leads to gear actually feeling good because one of the best places to get increased damage is either from the tree, which you can't get that much of, your reaper, which there isn't that much to be found unless you're running a specific reaper, or of course your gear. Now if you have a level 60 piece of gear, right, because uh, there are item levels for gear and it does apply to the rolls, right? You craft increased elemental damage, tier one, guess how much you get, Perry? 2%. Oh, 20%? 2%. 2. Oh, 2. Oh, my God. Yes. Increased damage is rare in this game. and But the thing is, that 2% damage can be scaled all the way to, like, 50% increased damage with enough effort and grinding and stuff. So your gear does actually matter 100%. Like like, you know, increased damage rolls are insane. You get like like you get an extra roll on your gear, it's going to feel amazing cuz also as well with the crit too. Crit cap like in last epoch the crit caps are really easy to get with a lot of skills cuz you know, you get a lot of base crit and all that. With Swarmancer, crit works as kind of like what EHG was wanting to do where they just have base crit Right? That's all they have is basically. I've never seen increased critical strike chance in Slower Man, so I don't think there is any. Yeah, no, it doesn't exist. Huh. Uh, it's just base crit. And it is insanely hard to get crit cap on most things. Insanely hard. It is an investment. And then, of course, on top of that, you have ancestral strikes. What are ancestral strikes? Well, essentially, TL, they're crit on top of your crit. They're, they're so double crit. Yeah, they're double crit. So you roll crit, okay, you crit. You roll Ancestral Critical Strike Chance, and bam, you hit Ancestral Crit, and then you get another modifier. This can lead to absolutely insane amounts of damage. But of course, you're, you're scaling Crit Chance, you're scaling Ancestral Crit Chance, you're scaling Crit Strike Multi, which is a multiplicative modifier to everything, and then you're scaling Ancestral Crit Strike Multiplier, which is also a multiplicative modifier. But the thing is, you only have so much room on your gear. You only have so much, and there's only so much of that stuff in the trees. You can only find a certain amount, right? And it leads to gearing feeling impactful because you can't just willy-nilly get those stats. Like, you have to invest into it. You have to focus on getting them. You Otherwise, need to get those stats get where they're actually available, sure. So yeah. what, I, what I wanted to point out is, like, so I've been playing some, some Huntress builds, and I've been playing a lot of the melee builds. And like maybe maybe for a huntress for a bow build, I'll really want like projectiles pierce because that scales this other thing and scales this thing. And if only I had pierce chance, it would make the rest of my build work. Or projectiles rebound, or maybe like melee overdrive chance, so it hits additional <laughs> nearby enemies. Or melee recast chance, which is kind of like multi strike. If only I had that one stat, 
it would make the rest of my build tick. It would make other things proc. It would make my build like more coherent. And the crafting system in Slormancer allows me to target that one stat and get it on my gear. If I want it, I'm going to have it. And that feels really good to me. Yeah, it's one of those it, things it like, like the, the game allows you to build around whatever you want. And having this crafting system in place where you can get the things you want is how it does that. But the problem, the, the problem with Slormancer, the biggest problem is, first off, it's a single-player game, right? So there's no training, anything like that. And it is an absolute grind fest. Once you start seeing the prices parry, when you start getting up to, like, plus 9, plus 10, and all that, oh, my God, you're going to be like, my wallet's being stolen, I'm being robbed. It is exponential as crap. And, oh, it is an absolute grind. It is just an insane grind. If and there's one the thing that I hate about action RPGs, it's playing them. I just, I wish I could just have my end game gear. I wish I could have perfect stuff all the time. No, it's great. No, I love it. I, I love it. No, no, no. I love it. I'm just saying that, like, the this isn't for the faint of heart. This is like hours and hours and hours and hours of work this is nuts man like so what just to add an epic stat on my gear right now it's like 250k gold oh, which is oh a lot. exalting an item slamming a stat a new stat on something is easily the most expensive thing in the game that's yeah. really hard to do yeah all right like legendaries go ahead when when you're grinding your butt off and you are spending hours and hours trying to get all the slorm and elder slorm and crafting materials that are in the game now what are you doing with that time? Let's talk about the end game systems that are here. I, I tell people that there's like three and a half end game systems. Technically, there's three, but the Tempopotamus kind of feels like an end game system. <laughs> it's that little level 27 zone in the campaign that you just blow up all the monsters and you get that hit of dopamine. That's like half an end game like, system. It's like tier one maps. Whoa, it's like, it's, it, feels it feels so like. good. Like if you need gold, if you need slorm, that's the place to be. So there's three endgame systems. We have the battlefield, which we talked about already. We have like the negative one difficulty all the way up to the insane 10 difficulty. Uh, then we have something that's been in the game for a while called the temple. Kind of feels like um, running it's from point Delve. A to... So, it's Delve. Oh, yeah, it does kind of feel like Delve. It feels like the, um, like just running from point A to point B to point C, right? As fast as you can. Mm -hmm. And, then and there's the a bunch of upgrades you have to get for it as well. That you yeah. And then the, the third thing that was just introduced, I think this week, right, mm -hmm. is called The Forge. So I want to spend some time talking about The Forge. The gameplay clip on the screen right now is Forge. And the reason that I really want to talk about it is it has some great parallels to Last Epoch's Endless Arena. So, Dredd, uh, talk to us about The Forge. What's going on here? All right. So TLDR, if you've played Last Epoch, it is like Arena of Champions. You essentially... In this spot, you choose wave modifiers, but they're actually impactful wave modifiers. Like, for instance, you know, you have explosion on death. You have it so that when you hit enemies, they, you know, fly out with sparks. You make it so enemies have, like, recast chances, like multi-strike. And it has so much variability because every single wave, you choose a new modifier. It's all, like, all great and dandy and all that. And the best thing about it is it actually feels rewarding. It is essentially an arena system like in Grimdon or Last Epoch, but actually rewarding. 
and it it is satisfying. It is so. What 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 are the what are the first few things that come to mind when I say like why is it satisfying? You if if you succeed, you get a ton of crafting materials. So that feels really good. Yeah, it just pukes out. What what else what else feels good about it off the top of your head? Well, just the just just the moment to moment combat because there could you could take the modifier that like uh, gives enemies insane amounts of HP based on how much like gold that's in your chest. And you can turn your gameplay from like, oh, I'm one-shotting things to like, oh my god, my game is lagging. <laughs> so the the modifiers that you're selecting, they're not just more health, more damage, more health, more damage, more health, more damage. There, there's like, there's there an enemy those. that'll chase it's you. That those. there's there's an enemy that'll chase you that takes no damage until everything else is dead. There's you know enemies explode when they die after two seconds. There's enemies spawn a copy of themselves. You know enemies. Uh, enemies are faster. Enemies do these other things that aren't just life and damage. And like, yeah, if you think about it, like life and damage is a pretty boring way of scaling difficulty in a game. But I really like what's going on here. It reminds me of the kind of spicy modifiers that come with Gunfire Reborn as well, with that new yeah. endgame system that they implemented, that Yokel or Jokel system, where like mm-hmm. these cool, interesting things happen instead of just more life, more damage, more life, more damage. Yeah, because the thing is, the Wrath modifier is that, the more life, more damage modifier, right? Like, that is the... So, with the way the Forge works, it works just like the Battlefield, and it has a baseline difficulty, right? Then you have all ten Wraths, right? And TLDR, the base stats of the monsters are based on that Wrath. They have gigantic multipliers that makes it so that your build is always being challenged. You, It's like, oh, wow, we, you know... Wrath 5 is too easy, I'm doing it too quickly, yada, yada, yada. It's not rewarding enough, bam, Wrath 6. Oh, wait, everything just doubled in damage. Everything just doubled in HP. And now it's like, oh, now I got to do Wrath 6. It feels like an actual progression system. And that's what's great about it is, like, it feels like an achievement when you move up a Wrath level because it's significantly more difficult. It's not just, you know, enemies have 10 damage, enemies have 20 damage, enemies have 30 damage, enemies have 40 damage. Like you said before, it's like, it's nearly exponential. It's like a huge increase for every step up. And this game's a numbers game too. Like you, you like, you gotta, like, you you gotta keep up with the numbers. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You gotta make sure your build's coherent. And to me, that feels pretty good, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. can I get away with playing Tempest Strike for the rest of my life? Or do I have access to difficult content that shows me that my build is lackluster? And that access to difficult uh, content is one of the things I think Last Epoch is failing in right now. Like, there is difficult content. You know, Wave a 1,000 in the arena is very difficult. I'll be honest. I just did T, I did T4 Jirla a few times on, like, the Wandering Spirits build. Okay. Once, once you get enough damage and once you, like, understand the fight enough, it just becomes, like, just don't stand in the beam and die, and then mm-hmm. that's it. So and, the, the yeah. access to difficult content, like, there is difficult content in Last Epoch. Like, a 1,000 Corruption, 1,000 Waves in the arena. Like monsters hit super hard, they move super fast and stuff like that. But the access to it, are you going to grind arena up to a wave a thousand just to have that kind of difficulty? Are you going to grind up to a thousand corruption just to have that kind of difficulty? In Slormancer, access to difficult content is never the problem. If you want to push the bounds and see what your character can really do, there is something that is readily available to challenge you. Yeah, and I, I, yeah. And it just being able to just choose when you go up in difficulty instead of like 
having to like grind grind an arbitrary number or having to get T16 maps or something like that, right, is a very refreshing experience. And I think the thing is, I think it can kind of get away with that slightly because it's a single player game. You can get I away think, with so many things yeah. in a single player and game. I think I think if it was like just one to one introduced in like a game like Last Epoch, it would break the economy essentially. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Cause like we're already doing empowered monoliths at like level 70, right? Mm. So and I think that something like that could be introduced, but it's a good inspiration. Shouldn't be one to one. Otherwise it would break the game. <laughs> there there is one more thing that I really want to highlight for mm-hmm. the forge, for the arena thing that exists in Slormancer. And it's it's I, I think it's a little bit hidden. Like you might not think about it at first, but I, I think it's the reason that it stands out as so much more fun. And I want to do it over and over than the arena in Last Epoch. Mm-hmm. There is no downtime. There is no loading yeah. screen. There is always enemies. The most downtime is when the menu comes up with those three options. Which one do you want to click on? Because they're actually impactful and you're actually going to read them and think about the rewards that come along with them. If you're, if you want no downtime, those are going to be basically, basically I'll no be downtime. honest with my current build. I kind of just pick every single movement speed modifier. So there's even less downtime. Yeah. Like <laughs> make, them, make the monsters faster. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, like think about arena and last debug. Think about how many loading screens there are. There's a pause every five waves. You got to go smack the barrels and click on some stuff. Maybe you're ignoring that, but. Is and the, the monsters spawn really far away from you. The arenas are kind of big. I think they did an big. insane job on the war chest mechanics. Like the war the chest was really mechanic, good. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's so interactive and in how you want to get it to benefit you. Right. It's not just like you're waiting for that random modifier. It's like if I want this specific thing, I can warp my forge chest. In a way where I get that. Now, the problem is, of course, it is kind of RNG and like every three choices, but you get one every wave. And the biggest difference is like, I'm not just randomly adding something to the chest. I'm kind of crafting my own loot box, quote unquote, right? Mm-hmm. And that feels very satisfying to get to the end. And it's not, it's not for the faint of heart. If you die, you lose your chest. You lose, you lose like 95% of your rewards, right? Like you, you get no, some, no, you, no, you lose everything. You, no, you, you there's, lose there's everything. something that you keep, right? Well, you keep like, XP. That's all you get. You no, keep I, XP. You, you, you keep like, like, tw- like 10% of the something that drops through something. Oh, I, it might be the, the Reaper stuff. The I, Reaper I think, stuff. I think that's it. Like, like yeah, the Reaper yeah. stuff that like came specifically for your yeah. weapon. I'm talking about everything else, though. Oh, you mean the 95? Yeah, you 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 lose pretty much everything if you die. Yeah, I'm talking about everything that's actually in the chest, like the actual items. And Listen, stuff. Dread, it sounds like you haven't died recently enough. Could you go ahead and die real quick? Oh, I've done plenty of dying. I, <laughs> I, I, dude, I've been working really hard to make this build. Like, I've been challenged, essentially. Like... It, I've been like, I'll be honest, I'm kind of playing right now because it takes forever. <laughs> wow, but he's playing right now. It no, takes it's so actually long. not a YouTube loop that we have in the corner. It's actually no, Dread's no. live gameplay while he's yeah, talking. Yeah, I know, right? I wish. <laughs> but yeah, like, like I, I was trying to do Wrath Seven on the Forge. I was getting my ass kicked. 
it was it was actually difficult. I needed to like I'm like, okay, I need to upgrade my gear. I'll be back. <laughs> and like if you if you went from Forge seven or like Wrath seven to Wrath eight, that would be a huge increase in difficulty. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So good luck getting there. We we actually made it through our list of topics. We talked about builds that we're playing, the leveling stuff, leveling your alternate characters, alternate campaign, your alternate skills. We talked about the classes and the differences, the identities there. Talked about Slorm Reapers, which is one of our favorite mechanics from it, about catching all the Pokemon and leveling everything up. Talked about the crafting system, which to me, I really like the crafting system. I think it's quite good. Mm -hmm. And then we talked about the three and a half endgame systems that exist in the game right now. And it's early access. So it looks like there's space for three more endgame systems as well. I'm excited for this game. It keeps getting better. It's really good. Yeah, I, I agree. And if you want, I'm going to link it in chat. I did do an interview with the lead developer about about a month or two ago before the, you know, when the Great Forge update was announced. Just give me a second here. Let me find it. Well, let's let's make sure that we put that interview in the description oh, yeah, of this sure. video. Yeah, we'll, we'll put yeah. that on uh on what do you call it? On Spotify as well so everyone has what they need. Yeah. If you guys want to see what their future visions of the game, why they make some of the choices that they make and stuff like that. I was very thorough with that. Game's pretty fun. Kind of like it. Kind of like it. It's it's nice that we get to talk about Slormancer and also talk about the intersection with Last Epoch. What feels good? What doesn't feel good? Maybe things that belong in Last Epoch and maybe even things that don't. So So I think these games can bounce off of each other, right? Oh, for sure. Like, listen, not every game needs to appeal to every single person. If you like Path of Exile, go play Path of Exile. If you like Last yeah. Epoch instead, like there are too many good games out there. Like people are freaking out indie games game. all the time. There's too many good games out there to just like lock yourself into one. Diversify the kind of fun you're having. If you like Last Epoch, you know, take a week off like I did and like Dread did. Go play a different game. Maybe click up Slormancer as well. The game has been wicked fun so far. Yeah, and like the biggest problem though with Swarmancer though, uh, in terms of getting you know getting actual feedback and stuff like that for Ellie is it is a single player game and it's allowed to do things because of that and that's like a big difference between mm-hmm. like the games is like the fact that you know they don't have to care about an economy they don't have to care about you know power creep because it's just a single player game it's like have fun have fun. And that's like one of the biggest differences. And I'm fine with that. Wait, what, just, what's, that's what's that a, word that you keep using? Wait, f- 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 fun? Fun? F- fun? Yeah, fun? Right. fun? In Ooh. my video game? Yeah, I know, right? Sir. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for today, folks. I think so. So this is episode 15 of the Epic Epoch podcast. Been talking about Slormancer, some of the uh, similarities and differences with our main game, Last Epoch here. Dread, thank you so much, not only for providing the footage here that we've been looking at on screen, but also for joining me for the podcast. I also bought him the game, by the way. He, you did. You did actually buy me the game, too. Yes, I, I appreciate did. that, too. Uh, Twitch chat, if you're watching here live, thank you so much. Remember, this will go up on YouTube and Spotify as well. If you're watching this or listening to this on YouTube and Spotify, make sure to let us know so that we can make sure that your viewing and listening experience is as good as possible. So that wraps it up for us. Thank you so much for being here. We'll see you next time.